Pure Dog Talk is the voice of purebred dogs. We talk to the legends of the sport and give you the tips and tools to create an awesome life with your purebred dog. From showing to preservation breeding, from competitive obedience to field work, from agility to therapy dogs, and all the fun in between, your passion is our purpose. Pure Dog Talk is proudly sponsored by Trupanion, medical insurance for pets. Through good times and bad, Trupanion is here for you. The Trupanion policy helps cover the cost of unexpected accidents and illness for your pets. The Trupanion team is still available, even in lockdown, 24-7, to help your pet. They also have a program dedicated to breeders, so you can send your litters home protected. Their breeder support program provides special offers that waive the waiting periods for your buyers. It's absolutely free for you to get started. Just sign up on the link at the website, puredogtalk.com. Don't forget, mention Pure Dog Talk sent you. Welcome to Pure Dog Talk. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and we have a very special guest today. This is Kelly Lynn Marquis. Kelly is longtime, lifetime dog person, Dobermans, yes? Yes, it's my foundation. Yes, and she has been a professional handler, and she's started a new business, which I think is really exciting, and I wanted to share it with you guys because I think she's got a lot to offer us. So Kelly, talk to us about life coaching. I am really excited about life coaching. When I started dog showing in my 20s, I came in as a handler, and I I wanted to make a difference, but I didn't know how. And I, at the time, came in and I remember the commentary of politics and AKC needs to do this Mm -hmm. and that needs to be better and all these complaints. And I wanted to make a difference and I really didn't know how. I mean, I did my job the best I could, tried to treat people as well as I could. I had a lot of success And then I found myself wanting to do something different. And I started looking into and exploring life coaching and bells went off in my head and I went, ding, 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 ding. This is that thing that you were thinking of in your twenties. So better late than never. Hey, you know what? Same here. So I get it. (laughs) (laughs) So I got certified to be a life coach and I'm just so excited. It's a new way for me to experience the world. And I'm learning how to teach others how to live an empowered life. So talk to us. Tell us what does life coach? I mean, it sounds good. So tell us what that means. Be my life coach. Not into all the life coaching I can get, girl. So one of the confusing things is, you know, life coaching is not therapy. So a therapist might start with the diagnosis that there's a problem and we have to find a code for it. I'm not a therapist. That's not what I do. Life coaching is for people that want to live the best life. And it's basically as your life coach, I'm an accountability partner. I'm your support system. I'm a totally new perspective on your life. So your friends might know you a certain way. Your peers may know you a certain way, but I have no judgment, no expectation. I just come in with a fresh set of eyes and say, what do you want? And how can I help make that happen? And that can be a big, big step is just starting from scratch, throwing out everything you know about yourself and just have somebody take a fresh look and say, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And the other thing I really want to say about life coaching is it's fun. 
it's fun. Like I used to be a very serious person and I wanted to do better and I wanted to do better and I wanted, and everything was about always getting better, getting better, getting better. And I did treat myself like I was a problem. And now I've learned to just laugh at myself and go, oops, oh, I got that one wrong, missed that. And it's okay. So that's the biggest thing I want to say about life coaching. If there's anything in your life that you feel stuck, frustrated, miserable, you don't know how to shift or change, or you want a different life and you just don't know how, and you just want to pull in another source, call me up. It's fun. Cool. So walk us through what are some, I mean, clearly confidentiality and all that. Walk us through a, for example, a case study, you know, what are some of the people that you've worked with or some of the examples of types of situations you've helped people with? Well, for instance, I had one client that was a dog person called me up and she had been putting it off for weeks. She finally calls me up. She's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm depressed. I hate my life. I mean, how sad is my life when I don't have a partner? I don't even care to have a partner. Like my whole world is my dog's. You know, I figured you'd understand that. But, but I mean, how sad is that? And I said, well, I don't know. Is it sad? And I said, actually, if you're truly happy, all you need is you and your dog and that works for you. And it, it sounds perfect. I'm good with it. But even that statement, some part of her was like, right. oh, I judged myself as pathetic. So one of the things that life coaching helps is helping to remove some of the judgments we have about ourselves. And we're projecting those judgments saying, Everyone thinks I'm this. Well, it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. What it matters is what you think about yourself. One of my favorite little memes or whatever, little statements in life, somebody else's opinion of me is none of my business. Yeah, that's great. It's really great because we spend a lot of time thinking we're upset about the judgment of others. And that was a big wake-up call for me when I campaigned purple rain. And I had this beautiful bitch and she wanted to give me lead and take the reins and to guide this amazing animal. And, you know, the people, every opportunity is dropped in my lap. And I thought, Oh, don't mess this up. And anytime she lost, I thought it was my fault. And I just, I had to prove that I was good enough. And when it was all said and done, like a bell went off in my head that I didn't have to prove that to anyone. Everybody else believed in me. It was me that didn't. So that's a huge thing that life coaching does is it helps get your thoughts about yourself out of the way. It helps you be able to shift some of those thoughts. For instance, I was talking a client through another thing going on in her life where she was really frustrated with something going on at work. And she said, boy, this person has so much hostility with me. This thing happened years ago and she just won't forgive me. And I hate it when people judge me like that. And she was getting so angry. And I said, well, what if you still hold hostility against her because you feel she hasn't let go of it? And what if you take responsibility and instead of trying to change her and make her treat you differently, if you simply approach her and say, no, Look, Jenny, I feel like there's a lot of disruption and animosity between the two of us, and I don't know what to do about it. And that allows 
the other person to step up. That isn't putting blame on the other person. That's you taking ownership of the fact of, you know, I want to shift and change something. It's you owning the energy that you're feeling. I feel animosity. And so in this case, sometimes even the person just taking responsibility for their own animosity helps shift something. So the crazy thing about life coaching that I discovered is everything I needed to know, I learned from my dogs. I can feel energy. Any great handler, when you're working an animal, you can feel what's going on energetically. And so when I'm working with my clients, first of all, I'm not involved in their emotions. When it's our emotions, it's personal, we're wrapped up in it. I can feel what's going on and I can feel where there's some resistance, where they're off track. And, you know, often I just ask a question and it really can be that simple where something just weight lifts and maybe we get back on track. I love that. Everything I needed to know about life I learned for my dog is perfection. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can flip that script too, right? Like unconditional love, always happy to see you, like take a nap, you know, don't worry about that extra kibble. You know, those sorts of things that dogs show us, I think is super valuable. I'm sorry. I know that sounds a little Pollyanna, but I completely believe it. So I love it. And I'm going to go on that Pollyanna track with you too, because my mission statement and my marketing statement is using canine wisdom to help dogs and people live their highest potential. I love it. And the thing of it is, is people intellectually grasp this, but they don't know how to do it. And I can actually teach you how to do it because, well, I've done it on myself and I continue to apply that, whether it's presence, power, attitude, love. I mean, dog people, we love those dogs and we want to emulate those qualities. And so this for me is a transition to be able to go, let me take what I was doing with dogs and teach how my dog people, how to be that person that their dog sees in their eyes. Right. I could only be as grand as my dog thinks I am. Well, what if you can? I love that. I actually think that's really beautiful. And I went through a really kind of similar sort of, you know, personal awakening kind of stuff. I think it happens to all of us at a certain point. You hit that 40 to 50 time and you start thinking (laughs) about things, right? I mean, mine was exacerbated by, I mean, all the stuff. But I found myself in a very bad spot. And it's very similar to what you're describing. I had to kind of climb out of this bad headspace. And I chose to find the positive. And that became my, like, literally my life jacket in the Bering Sea. Bad. And it might be that, oh, that's a pretty flower. Like, it was that small. But you can train yourself. You can talk to us about that training yourself, because I think this is so critical training yourself, not training your dog, training yourself to focus on the positive. Well, first, one thing I do want to say about focusing on the positive is there's a lot of information out there that wants us to say all these positive things. And if you're having a negative thought, say something positive, but if you don't feel it, it's not true to your body. So when I work with people and encourage people, when you make a statement, when you say it, does it feel true to you? 
And if it doesn't feel true, keep working on it until it feels true. And then you'll feel something in your body go, feel that. And so similar to you, you said that you went through a major upheaval. So did I, you know, 45 years old, divorce. Right. Most of us have, I think it's really identifiable. I mean, like we've all been there and we've all been in that place. Like the darkness is closing in. Yes. And so for me being in that place, I had lived in a place where everything I did was for the people I loved. And it was for my mom and for my husband and for my daughter and for my clients. And it was for everybody else. And although it seemed like a noble cause, I really lost sight of who I was. I didn't know who I was. And so when I was in that space, I had that thought of, well, how pathetic is this? But I had to start with, I want to know what I want. That was the truest thing I could come up with was I want what I want because I was so disconnected from me. And that is something that I work with my clients a lot is these statements, these truths, because what we tell ourselves, you think if somebody comes to you and they say, oh, I want your opinion on this. Oftentimes, oftentimes they don't. They want to find support for a thought they already have. Yes. So understanding our thoughts are so important because if you believe that thought as humans, our brains like when we get something and they like when it makes sense. So if we have a thought, then we start seeking evidence to back that thought up. And so what I try to do as a life coach is to turn that process around and to say, what is the experience that you want to have? And now how about we work on turning those thoughts around to help you experience that outcome that you're seeking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just said a thing that I think is super important. We would never talk to our best friend the way we talk to ourselves. Never. Oh, ever, ever, ever. Yes. So true. That is my biggest thing. Overcoming negative self talk. Yes. I'm terrible. Literally, I am the worst. I am the first one. I'm like, hi, I'm your fluffy 50-year-old, blah, blah, blah. I mean, the things that I say to myself about myself out loud to others about myself are horrible. And I catch myself and it's like the thing that I'm still working on, right? Like everybody has their thing. That's my thing. So give us a good one on that. Give us a good suggestion. How do we, how does anyone deal with that negative self-talk? Well, first of all, A huge step can be stepping back and just being an observer in your life. So like a scientist witnessing an experiment, you step out of yourself and say, hey, Laura, what's going on here? And just step outside, watch the dynamic that's going on and just practice awareness, just like it's the scientific experiment. Hmm. What's going on there, sweetie? And again, being kind and encouraging and talking to yourself, sounds kind of crazy, almost like you, and just observe what's going on. That in and of itself can help you get a fresh perspective. Another huge thing, especially with dog people, we are so strong, so determined. We can do anything, everything. I always said, if the world's going to war, I'm calling on the dog show people because they have your back, man. They can do anything, everything, the most resourceful group. So it's a great group. 
But anyway, if you need to, if you're in that space where you just say, look, I don't even know what to do with this. It's a beautiful thing when you call on help and you say, hey, look, I'm in this place. It's a wonderful opportunity for us to connect in with somebody else. And if you think about how you feel when someone asks you for help, you're the person that someone asks you for help. You feel honored that someone thinks so highly of you. So when you're in a place of needing help, I would suggest think about what an honor it might be for somebody else to be able to help you along the way. That's a really great perspective, Kelly. I really like that because again, I'm like you, I'm that person. I'm putting all of my energy out. Like I'm helping everybody else. And so for me to ask for help is like, I might as well cut myself. I mean, it's seriously that painful. But I love that perspective. And I think it's something that those of us in the dog community, as you say, particularly us women, I mean, we are always the one taking care of everybody else. And so being able to step back and see that that ask for help is doing something good for someone else and changing just that little tiny 180 degrees is beautiful. I like that. Thank you. Hang tight, guys. Got a little bit of information for you. We'll be right back to the podcast in a minute. All right, folks. 2020 has, to put it mildly, presented some challenges for all of us. You know, the good news, our patrons' numbers are still growing almost daily. I truly, truly cannot thank all of you enough for your support. It's been overwhelming. And for those of you who've had to reassess your budgets, please know I totally get it. And I will always be grateful for your belief in this program and the power of great content. Like the NPR of dogdom, Pure Dog Talk is here for you every day to make sense out of everyday things, to add nuance to your understanding and tools to your tech box, to bring history to life and propel the living history of purebred dogs into the future. Our patrons make all of this possible. The funds are specifically designated only for overhead. They literally keep the MP3s rolling. Meanwhile, the patrons-only After Dark Facebook Live and Zoom meetings each month truly have been a fabulous success. Conversation, support, laughter, some education, some mentorship, lots of encouragement, and even, randomly, the occasional adult beverage. So click the link at www.puredogtalk.com and become a patron today. Your small contribution helps make a huge voice for purebred dogs. So one of the things I have to do coming from being a negative self-talker and dealing with self-doubt, which lots of people have that experience. And so when something comes up, you know, I'll say, oh, Kelly, sweetie, honey, I I just, I need you to step aside here because I get in this doubt place and I will reach out and just say, I have this thing I really want and I'm struggling with this. And what I love when I reach out to somebody else is because if I think I have to solve the problem myself, I'm actually blocking more creative solutions. So the more I'm able to say, I have this idea, and then I go to my friends and I say, so I have this idea. 
and this is as far as I've got with it, what do you think? It becomes so much bigger and so much grander and so much more amazing because I got myself out of the way and stopped thinking I had to solve everything. It just creates for bigger, better solutions that now I'm collaborating and I have a whole group that is putting all of this energy into this idea that was once only being fueled by me. And now I have all these other people backing it up and it's, oh, it's amazing. I tell you, this is my 2020. So everybody's 2020 has been horrifying, right? My 2020 has been collaboration, not competition. Yes. I love it. And that, I mean, it's so hard for us. We are always competing. You and I were handlers, right? It's always about, I have to win. You know, I have to win more. I have to win blue, not red. I have to win best in show, not blue. I have to, right? And do you feel that tension that comes with that? And when you take that down and instead of competition, you're having collaboration, I see it so much of 2020 and so many of our friends that are doing some of the nails, the hair, the makeup, the eyelashes, right? All of those things where people are finding a way to collaborate and support each other. And they are so much happier. (laughs) It really is. There can be such beauty when we're in a place of pain and vulnerability when we reach for that help. And now we're collaborating and we were once feeling alone. Now we're feeling together. But I also would like to comment on, I love this new phase of collaboration. It's a new one for me. Ease, grace, collaboration. These are all new things for me. Everything was force and might. Right. But what I would like to comment on is competition, because I do hear that come up a lot where People want to say that they want to move away from competition and they want to move into collaboration. And I actually move from a place of a thought that nothing is either good or bad. It's just, is it serving us? So I love competition. I love it because when I put my back up against the wall and I come against a worthy competitor, it brings out the best that I have. It pushes me up against my edges and it asks me to do more. So I don't believe that competition is good or bad. It's how we're using it. And so if we can use it to service and say, wow, I haven't been in a ring and I haven't tested my metal up against someone and I want to see what I can do and how far I can go, like go for it, but don't let it be about, I only win if I win, or, you know, if I lose, I'm a loser. You put yourself in that competition for a reason. And what are you gaining? What did you get? What do you want to improve on? And I love competition. I think it's fabulous. Just if it's working against us, just sit with it and say, how is this not serving me? And how might I reframe this? You know what? That's really, really beautiful. Because again, I agree with all of what you're saying, but I think the thread I want to pull from that is that competition makes us better. Yes. If we use competition as a tool to make us better, it is a good thing. If we use competition as a yardstick or a crutch or all of the other things that it can devolve into, I think that's where you see it become not as good a thing. So I love your emphasis on competition as a way to improve. And when I talk to Pure Dog Talk people, my patrons, you guys will remember all these conversations we've had. Competition is about 
getting better at what you're doing. And there's always a way to get better. You know this as well as I do. How do you know how good you are if you're practicing in your backyard? I mean, okay, I want to put this car on the road and I want to like, you know, if you're a mechanic, I've been working on this engine. I want to test it out and see how it compares to the others. Absolutely. And we learn something every single day. Yes? Well, I like to think that way. You know, you can. But I'm saying (laughs) we should be. Enjoy learning. Absolutely. You and I don't know it all. We've been doing this a long time. We don't know it all. On this podcast, I learn something every single day, and it is my greatest joy. I agree with you. And I love learning. It's one of the reasons why I love coaching. For me, one of my favorite things to do is world travel. And I turned 50 in April, and I was supposed to be going to Italy. Yes, well. (laughs) And so COVID. (laughs) COVID. So being in this headspace of, okay, so how might I get more creative and resourceful with this? So one of the things I love about foreign travel is going to a new country where you get to, I'm very sensual, and you get to experience a new new people and culture. It smells different. It looks different. The food is different. The way of being is different. The way they think is different. The way they express emotions and they hug or they have manners. It's a whole new world. And so as I was in this space of, well, I can't travel and I can't do it this way. People are a whole new universe for me to explore. So I don't get creepy with that. (laughs) It's like this fun new adventure. Every time I have a new person that comes to me for coaching, honestly, one of the first things is like, gulp. Oh my gosh, I hope I do this justice. I really want them to have a great session. I really want to be awesome for them. I don't want to let them down. And then I'm like, okay, that's how, that's how she goes. And then allowing myself to just be excited and just show up and see where this adventure is going to go with this person. Because the difference with coaching to a consultant, a consultant offers you advice and tells you, I'm an expert on this. Therefore, I recommend you do it this way. A coach says, I don't know. Let's see what you got. You can try this. You can try that. So with a coach, it's just this open exploration of asking great questions and just letting the session go wherever it goes. And I mean, I have to say, I had an amazing week this week where every time I got off a call, the client was texting me going, oh my God, that rocks. Like, yeah, they feel just as excited. Well, and I think too, you know, so much of our joy as dog handlers is that developing the relationship with the dog, watching the dog reach its full potential. When you take that dog, I'll use one of my examples, and I know you have 90 million, the young dog, two years old, never been off the ranch. You know, you turn the forest dryer on the first time he flies off the table and bounces off the wall. And you turn that dog into a best in show dog. At That is like the most magical, fabulous feeling to build that connection and that trust and that relationship and grow that dog to their full potential. So if we can take that and apply it to people like you're doing, I feel like that's pretty good. You know, it's so true. I'm writing a book also. It's Oh yeah, that's right. You got to tell us about your book. I forgot. It's (laughs) called Behind the Scenes of Best in Show, Intimate Moments with the Masters. Nice. And it's been fascinating for me because I've been interviewing top professional handlers across Mm -hmm. the country and asking them, 
questions. And one of the biggest things about their greatest moment or what lights them up and what they love about handling makes me think of Michelle Scott and Michelle Scott being a two-time Best in Show Westminster winner. Mm -hmm. She talks about her greatest moments being getting that timid, scared, unsure dog and working it, training it, building its confidence, doing what you can, getting in there and watching it get bigger and better. It's the best part. And she says, in taking that six-month-old puppy into the show and watching that light go off in their eyes and you just know, we did it. Like, this dog will never be the same because of that experience that we had together. And that moment is why we do this again and again and again and again. And yes, that leads to best in shows. But it's interesting because... You know, her best moment in her life wasn't best in show at Westminster. It was part of it. But those big moments are in that moment when that clicks in that dog. And you know that you were one with that dog. And that's another thing that I've loved feeling. You know, I've never talked about this with other professional handlers. And when we start talking, I just, we get so excited because we've never described ourselves in this way. And there's so much going on within us that we've never really shared or explained with other people. And one of the things about dog showing is to be an amazing handler. You need to drop everything and be completely in the moment with that dog where you are working instinctively, innately. You are not thinking. You are purely being one with that dog. And it is incredible. I talked to my you know, your kids, right? Everybody has their assistance. We talk about this. You can't see it on the podcast, but Kelly and I are looking at this, this eye contact, right? And when the kids are in the junior's ring or in the ring with the dog, I do this little hand signal where I bring my hand to my forehead and that is to go inside. I love it. You go inside your head and you make eye contact with the dog and you guys can have that communication. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. That moment when you are literally, everything else goes away. I'm on the floor of the garden. There's how many tens of thousands of people and the green carpet and blah, blah, blah. And all I've got is right here, this dog and the eye contact and the effort that is going into keeping that dog with me so that she can't lose her poopy <laughs> over the 10,000 million thousand people, right? So that focus that we get, that's exactly what you're talking about. Yes, that moment. It's amazing. And you just transitioned me into this perfect other thing I want to talk about. Segway. Yes, yes. (laughs) It's almost like you like lob that in there for me. (laughs) Kids. Yes. I don't know why it took me this long to figure it out, but during COVID, I have a 12-year-old daughter, Gabrielle. And my daughter loves basketball. She lives for it. It's like watching a dog running in the yard, you know, the big smile and uh, she puts her whole self into it. And during COVID, Gabrielle didn't have basketball. And I watched her moping, sad, depressed without her basketball. And it got me thinking, what about the junior handlers? What are these kids doing? It's their whole world. It's their whole outlet. What about those kids? So I came up with a program that I'm going to be launching on October 6th. And it's on the first Tuesday of every month. 
And the program is called Meet the Professionals. And the reason why I created it is to create an opportunity to get these kids connected in with top professional handlers and help open that door to get some discussion going where these kids can get to know the professional handlers on a more intimate basis. They can learn some tips and some training techniques and they can start to have a discussion and even nationwide. I mean, if I think I'm on the East coast, this would allow me to have a discussion with Billy McFadden or Kevin McFadden or Clinton and help bridge that gap and get these kids communicating with the professionals because I know myself included and other professionals, we're very open to working with kids, but it can seem very unapproachable to the kids. Scary, right. So I want to help open that up and open the channels of communication. So I'm excited about that. And then I have a whole new program for juniors that is virtual training. And then my thing I'm so excited about is mindset coaching because it doesn't matter how well you know how to place those feet. If you don't have the mindset for dog showing, you're never going to be a great handler. That's the difference is having the mindset. And in one of my interviews with Greg Strong, I loved how he put it, but he said, dog showing is an emotional industry. So being able, allowing myself to train some of these kids to how you navigate those emotions that you're going to have to be navigating, whether it's peers, it's parents, it's competition, it's what's going on with your dog, what's going on in your head. Mindset is huge. I love that. I'm really excited about all of this stuff. And then I also want to create some workshops to Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Have some educational material for these yeah. lots of stuff. So. I think it's awesome. And so, what we're going to do is we will have you're going to send me links and we'll put those in the blog post. So, if people want more information, they're just going to click the link and they're going to get to find out more information about what you're doing. Fabulous. And as I said, this is one of the things I do a lot on this podcast, is I love to offer people from within our community access to more people within our community and promote what people are doing because there's a lot of good stuff going on, Kelly. And I think I've had this conversation multiple times with multiple people, Lee Whittier and Vicki Ronchetti and yourself, Judy Garcini, all these people that have seen an area of need from me to everybody else, right? We see this area of need, education, mentorship, This is an open area and it is so powerful to me how many 50 to 60 year old women are just taking that bull by the horns and creating unbelievably fabulous opportunities that I wish to hell I'd had when I was a kid exactly, or when I was a young handler or what have you. It's such a gift for those of us, like you said, 40s and 50s, and we've lived our lives, we've experienced it. And now we can go back and say, what would I have liked to have had back then? I would have liked to have more guidance in this area and that area. Yes. And I know another one I'm going to be working with, hopefully with Carissa. She doesn't know this yet, but she's a friend of mine. So, um, but working with safety. Breaking news. Yes. Breaking news, Carissa. But safety for kids in our sport. Yes. Okay. You and I are going to talk offline because I've got a thing. I'm deadly serious. We're going to talk offline. 
about this one because I've got a plan too. So maybe we can plan together. I knew we came together for more than just this little interview. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to throw this as the truth bomb into the life coaching podcast. Serendipity, people. Serendipity. Life brings us what we need and our outlook, our perspective, what we put out is what we get back. And that's about as Fruby Art Major as you're ever going to hear me talk, but I believe it to be the truth. When you present positivity, positivity comes back to you. That's beautifully said. And when you want something, be the change you seek. Yes. If you want more love, give more love. And then that's the cup that overfloweth. And so I do want to share my mantra because this is my first okay. interview of putting myself out there. And so come on, girl. For me, a negative self-talker has been nothing stands in the way between me and my dreams, including me. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thank you, Kelly. I really, really appreciate your time. I am so glad we had a chance to talk and don't go away because we're going to talk some more. Okay, great. Thank you. As always, if you have any questions or input, we'd love to hear from you. The show notes and links to resources on today's topic are available at puredogtalk.com. Drop us a note in the comments or email to laura at puredogtalk.com. Remember, guys, this podcast is for you. So if you want to know something, give me a holler. We'll do a podcast for you. If you wouldn't mind, you could help me out here. Take a couple minutes to visit iTunes and give us a review. The Dog Show Superintendents Association is a proud supporter of Pure Dog Talk. Our Dog Show Superintendents are the hardworking people who make the dog show function. They are advocates for education and mentorship in the purebred dog fancy. So stop by the Supers Desk at your next show. Tell them how much you love Pure Dog Talk and give them a shout out for their support. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us on Pure Dog Talk.